Thanks for joining us for another full-length message from Matt Spinks and the Firehouse Projects. Our heart is for all who hear to be overjoyed at the experience of their permanent union with God and Jesus Christ. We bless you in His bliss. If this message blesses you, please consider sharing it and or donating at thefirehouseprojects.com where you can find more free resources, upcoming event info, and links to monthly partnership or one-time giving toward Matt and Katie's ministry. Thanks again and enjoy the good news. I see a few people hopping in here tonight. Um, this is going to be, it's already, it, we're live on YouTube as well as on Zoom. And then it'll be uh, later on all the podcasting platforms as well. Turn into podcast mode. So wherever you're joining from, welcome. We're excited to have a special guest tonight with us, Rod and Eileen Williams, coming all the way from Santa Cruz, California. So it's been fun. We, we've been doing some of these chats on various topics over the last few weeks. Um, just kind of, you know, talking about, I've, I've called the theme like reformation and restolution chats. So kind of discussing this ongoing reformation that we're in. I think it was Karl Barth that said, uh, semper reformanda, always reforming. We're always yep. reforming. We're thankful for where the church has come from, uh, birthed on the day of Pentecost, the mighty rushing wind and tongues of fire by the work of Jesus and Abba, the outpouring of the Holy Spirit. And uh, here we are 2,000 years later, still trying to figure out what happened, you know, <laughs> yeah. uh, and experiencing things beyond whatever we can figure out. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Beyond what minds can comprehend. And so this is uh, the, the fifth one in this series. We uh, was talking about, um, we've just been talking about the gospel a lot. We did a couple sessions on the kingdom of heaven at hand. Um, we did a session where we kind of walked through one of Baxter's videos, um, the in series that he has on YouTube. That's a great one. So rich. Yeah. And I know you guys know Baxter pretty well. So it's, it's cool, man. Just so thankful for him. I think he's a huge voice in this reformation. And uh, he kind of talks about that even in the video in that in, in series too. Like, like how, uh, for example, even just a couple decades ago, it was rare to hear a message on the, the father heart of God, you know, or a, yeah. or a happy God, you know. Yeah. And now it's like everywhere you go, you're hearing, you're hearing stuff. You're smelling that fragrance. Yeah, awesome. yeah. A lot, of, a lot of great new music too, talking about uh, the goodness of God, the Trinity. You know, uh, just uh, it's finished. You know, those kinds of themes that we love. And exactly, uh, yeah, so good. Yeah, yeah. and uh, and really, that was what we were talking about last week. We were just kind of diving in again into the finished work. 
and all that that means or scratching the surface on what some of that means at least and uh, having some fun there what it means to uh yeah that that we've actually been made holy that we've actually been made complete that uh, there was a cutting away of the flesh of the sinful nature a new creation is revealed and um well that's kind of where i wanted to jump in a little bit tonight too with you rod and i i'd, uh, I'd reached out and and asked if uh, if these guys would join us to kind of maybe discuss some often uh often discussed questions you know things that that come up when you start to to shift from a mindset of of trying to become um of of striving or of of just seeing our salvation as something that's not complete in him and you begin to realize this massive gift that we've been given and uh there's a lot of questions that come up about practical life, you know, and uh, if you guys don't know, Rod and Eileen, they're, uh, they're also kind of in the senior leadership of the Cana New Wine Seminary, and uh, which went for two, two years, but and then continues on online. And uh, I know a lot of the pastoral stuff was handed off to you guys at times, you know, and so and I, I'm just re really appreciative of of you guys' voice when it comes to some of these, well, so many different things, you know, but, but I specifically wanted to kind of interview you and bring you into this chat and, uh, and just see what happens, you know, we will have a little fun and, uh, maybe it'll be helpful. Who knows? Find maybe. out. <laughs> <laughs> no, there's so much you guys are packing, you know? Um, so maybe I'll just interview you a little bit, just ask some questions and see, see what comes up if that's all right um sure i don't know if, you know we do have people in the chat too which we could take questions from them at some point or i don't know you know we we do only have probably about 45 minutes we do our um we have nightly prayer meetings that we host as well at starting at 10 o'clock eastern so we'll probably only go for less than an hour here but um we could take questions uh at some point or if, if anybody has stuff you could feel free to type it into the chat maybe or you can always reach out afterwards as well. Um, we're both pretty active on social media, um, as far as I know. So we like to be available to folks in this. So we're all learning. We're all growing, amen. So in fact, that's kind of the topic, right? Some people think just because it's finished, so do we still get to grow anymore? Is there still any, any learning? Is there still any exploration? <laughs> uh are we just telling people that you're perfect and you can never make a mistake again or whatever um but we'll get into that um i just wanted to you know just maybe ask you guys like starting out i guess what was you know how has this finished work impacted your lives personally like what has uh what was the transition for you guys into this finished work Get a mute well, that's a yeah. Um, well, I've had a lot of transitions because I've been around a while, you know, Matt. And uh, <laughs> so, yes, Papa so, Smurf, they call you. Yeah. <laughs> I, I, uh, I. He's been around out. a while. I've been around a while. That's right. Me and me and Abraham Lincoln used to be in a discipleship group together, you know, and that <laughs> was a transition there. Uh, <laughs> But anyway, um, 
No, I started out as a fundamentalist, you know, and we, we thought our little group had it right, you know, and pretty much everybody else wasn't right. And we traced ourselves all the way back to Paul and we, we believe in the King James Bible and, you know, all that good stuff. Oh, amen. If, the, if, the, if the King James was good enough for Paul, it's good enough for us. You know what I mean? So uh, anyway, <laughs> we, uh, <laughs> you know, that was, uh, there was some good things about that. They really loved the scriptures and uh, we, we memorized a lot of those, you know, which are still there. Um, and it was a amen. good foundation. Um but there was also a lot of like uh, not an understanding of it's being completely finished, you know, and from a doctrinal standpoint, we'd say yes, but it sure felt like there's an awful lot of stuff that you had to do to be okay with God. And that's probably true in most every group, you know, and we didn't believe the Holy Spirit did anything, you know, anymore. So yeah. we didn't expect, we didn't, didn't expect miracles, certainly didn't expect to get ecstatic in the spirit or, uh, any of the, the good things that we've experienced in later years. But um, um, I think, I think it, it's sort of like more grace was revealed, more goodness of God over the years. You know, I, I was part of the latter part of the Jesus movement in the seventies. And there was the, the theology, you know, wasn't um, as clear as it could have been, but man, people, they just knew God was good, you know, and, and Jesus was good. Jesus wanted you and, and there was a connection there and that was amazing. And then we began to experience a little bit more of what Holy spirit does and see some miracles and things. And, and then, um, I met a friend of Baxter's named Ken blue, who was used to travel with John Wimber and the vineyard movement and all that. And he preached a strong grace message and that kind of, uh, started me on the path, you know, and then found, of course, Baxter and Francois and Steve McVeigh and John Crowder and all these amazing I, people. I think Ken Blue was really significant in all of this, much more so that, than many people have yeah, recognized. Yeah, he would be a great person to connect with, but he... um not familiar with him. He, you, you are? No, no. Yeah, yeah. Oh, you're not. That's yeah, why he, I mentioned he's, he's a good friend of... Yeah. Um, uh, he's a good friend of Ken's. Uh, he wrote a book called Healing Spiritual Abuse that unfortunately at last count was in its 35th printing, which tells you that there, unfortunately there's a market for that, for that title, but it, it has a, some really strong material on grace. So what does it meant, meant to me? It's meant to allow love to have a larger place in my life. You know what I mean? and to love others, and to love yeah. myself, because it always felt like God was holding something back, you know, and as I, as I see more, you know, what, uh, you see what God is really like, you know, it, and people have been walking in this great theology uh, for, uh, and great understanding and great, you know, living it out. Um, and, you know, George and Winnie were a great influence on us as well. And, yeah, the band on us. Yeah, us too. We're pastoring a, pastoring a, a church here. And, uh, you know, they, 
really hammer the message of it's finished and you know you're co-crucified co-buried co-resurrected all of that and uh, when he when he used to do her afternoon sessions you know at the conferences and right yeah and, uh, at first it didn't make sense to anybody you know and then more people would hang out and it began to sink in and you know john john's ministry was really growing around around that time and and of course he he's the you know the the spear that punctures the armor of uh you know religion and stuff yeah so, so true yeah so it's it's um i would say it's helped me to accept myself more not feel like yeah. free floating condemnation and anxiety that so often goes with um being raised in you know fundamentalism or any of that right. and so yeah it's made a it's made a huge difference and it's caused me to you know i used to strive to try to get at different times i was trying to get something done for god you know what i mean working real yeah. hard you, i know you have some of that in your background too and then you discover this amazing thing that when you give up and you're not trying to make anything happen you know so much more does happen because it's it's happening out of relationship and for all the right reasons so like most of the things we do now and you do, I saw you were just down in Columbia or something with Chad and all of that. Yeah, fun. Just, we yeah. all know we, joy. We all know we joy. We love each other. We do things together uh, a few on. times years. And out of out of that atmosphere, God does some really, really cool things, you know. And so we we go some of the places that others won't go because we don't have like a you know big platform or anything like that but I, I i just love it you know we there's these pockets of people around the world and you're doing a good job of connecting a lot of them that don't know each other you know and uh they just they just tuned into that frequency of the gospel and the good news and the goodness of god and uh that's they they're, they're done with you know trying to make something happen or prove something and they're just resting. I, I like your resolution thing. You know, it's like, yeah, it's, exactly. <laughs> you know, Paul, Paul says, um, strive to enter that rest, you know, and, yes. uh, and, you know, you, people will be like, well, how do I strive? How do I get into that rest? You know, and it's you're kind of missing the point. Paul's, Paul's making fun of all of our striving. He's saying, look, just <laughs> boldly go before the throne of grace, right? And I was just thinking about this today that the Holy Spirit, we used to think was trying to convict us of everything wrong that we did. You know what I mean? And, um, and then as I, as I've gotten older, I realized the real work of the Holy Spirit is trying to convince us that we're, we're not accused of anything anymore, that we're, we're quit, that we're acquitted, that, that we're sons, not slaves, you know, that we're in the family and that God's not going to change his mind about that and just rest, yeah. in, that, rest yeah. in that security. So that's some of what, what that's meant to me is, is just relaxing and, and um, looking for what the spirit is breathing on, you know, what he's doing in people's lives. Yeah. I still, still forget to do that sometimes Just slow down, you know, and listen. But when I do, when we do, man, it's, that's the best, you know, 
because uh, you can just be just be love to somebody at the right moment, you know, somebody who needs it. Yeah, the pressure's off. We don't we're not the ones trying to make everything happen, but God's yeah. actually active and involved. Imagine that <laughs> if we didn't have to persuade him. He's yeah. pers yes. <laughs> no, it's so good. It. I love that you mentioned too. Just, I mean, it it sounds so simple, but just the fact that of love, of unconditional love, of being able to rest in our acceptance in in just who we actually are, instead of always feeling a lack and always feeling a. a that self-analyzation, you know, look, searching ourselves or thinking that that's what God's looking for, you know, like you said about Holy Spirit. It, yeah, I feel like that was a huge transition for me as well. It's like there's so much double-mindedness because of self-doubt and and uh, just this constant uh, search for what am I lacking, you know, mm -hmm. and uh, it's huge. It's been huge for me. Absolutely. Yeah, I was thinking about this. Um, we had talked about, you know, some topics earlier about the holiness thing, you know, and we always think of yes. we, we've had we've heard so many bad sermons about the holiness of God. It's like he's he's super finicky, picky, always looking for what's wrong, you know, and it's our job to kind of persuade him to see something good in us or something, you know, but right. but right. when we well, when we take that, let's think of a coach, you know. Coaches don't, uh, yes, they'll, they'll, you know, they'll point out things that maybe you're not doing to, that you could be better at whatever sport it is, but really they encourage what's good and they persuade you that you can win and that you can compete on. and that you're yeah. doing good, right? And as parents, that's what we, we do when we're, when we're being our best parent, we're, we're not looking for everything wrong. We're encouraging what's good, right? And, and so holiness is otherness. It's different, right? And um, we've, we've, we've gotten this wrong that Jesus doesn't say you can become something and then, you know, you do the right behaviors and you'll become something. He tells you you are a son. You are yes. accepted in the beloved. You are a member of the family. You are a son or daughter of the most high God. And then from what you believe about who you are at the core of your being, you begin to manifest that. And, and oh, how I wish I would seen that much earlier in life. You know what I mean? Because yes. um, so many things I was trying to accomplish we're already mine in Christ, right? But it there wasn't that that strong finished work message uh, until later in life, you know. And so, what? But once you have that, you realize it's it's the language as Fran Francois will say, you know, the language of the law is due, but the language of grace is done, right? Exactly, and. and yeah something that happens when we when we begin to rest in that that's very powerful and i think um it applies to every relationship we have in life if you think about it if we 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 treat people as if they're loved before they've done anything to be loved right 
or that they're a value that they have worth and um, only love that can't be changed by our behavior has the power to change our behavior right there so, you go say that one again Rod. i say that there one it again. is yeah only love, love. <laughs> <laughs> only love that can't be changed by our behavior has the power to change our behavior that's why god's love is unconditional and we say he's his love's unconditional and then we put a bunch of buts and ifs and all this yeah. on it but uh he just is love it's like the sun shines you can open your eyes and enjoy the sunshine uh the, there's a scripture that says it rains on the just and the unjust right and um he just is i brad jerzak says something like you know the the grace of god is like or the mercy of god is like a waterfall and it's just always flowing the question is are you going to step under that waterfall are you going to you know run from it are you going to question it? are you going to come up with another solution or whatever you know but we yeah he's just that's what, what are we drinking what from yeah what are we drinking yeah. yeah no it's so good man and and uh you know, I, ho hopefully, you know, those that are watching this have already kind of connected with some of the resources what, or, or individuals that you're mentioning and just, you know, drinking from this finished work. Um, but, you know, so many times, I think one of the things that causes people to be afraid of this, and, and I just want to maybe put a couple questions to you guys, too, is like, you just you often hear like, well, if if uh, if God's already happy with us, no matter what then why should we live holy? Or if we're not trying to earn anything anymore, if we're so accepted, I mean, if someone's watching this, you can just feel, I mean, just feel the chill that's coming off of Rod and Eileen. They're not, they're not stressed out tonight. They're not trying to get anywhere. <laughs> There's so much <laughs> relaxation and uh, that makes people afraid. You know, they say, well, if you're that relaxed, um, then wh what's your motivation to, to, to live holy or to, to minister and do evangelism, you know, and um, what would you say to some of those kind of questions? If we're, you know, if God's already happy with us, why live holy? Well, have you had that one before? Oh, <laughs> uh, anybody who's pastored for 10 minutes has some kind of question <laughs> like that, right? Um, yeah, well, I, I think part, part of that whole framework of questions comes from a from the old way of thinking that it's not finished, that we're persuading God and that God is primarily concerned about what's wrong and rather than who we are. Right. So like when you look at your children, do you first see uh, everything they ever did wrong? Do you like, do you have a list, do you have a clipboard, like you holding everything against them or do you look at them and you say, wow, they're mine, you know, they belong to me. And, uh, and that's, so, so God, you know, first John three says, you know, uh, behold, what manner of love the father's bestowed upon us that we should be called the sons of God. And that's not just a mere figure of speech, but it's who we are. Yes. And if reality were to break through, we should see that we should see him as he is. Right. So that's how God sees us. And so why do you not want to do things that hurt first of all we're like teenagers sometimes like your kids they'll do something and then you'll you'll try to keep them that from hurting them and they'll be like 
you're you just you don't care you don't want me to do what i want to do blah blah blah, yeah, blah. Yeah. so that when you're when you're immature you blame your parents for things that are really your own doing right or the consequences of your own doing so we often think that god's punishing us for our sins but our sins are doing a fine job of punishing us all on their own you know um robert capon talks about you, you don't sin for the same reason you don't put your face in a meat grinder it's yeah. painful <laughs> it's disfiguring right and um so yeah. it, it there's the reason you you want to try to live better is because it, it's better it's better yeah. for you it's actually it's better. better it's actually better for you and for other people because um you, you don't like you don't want to drink so much because you, you don't feel good the next day yeah you know right. what i'm saying so it has a built-in consequence you know a, a moderation or you don't want to steal things because you'll go to jail you know what i'm saying so there's there's um but but paul talks about but if you stare into the perfect law of liberty which yeah. is Christ, you don't need any laws against that what comes out of that right so part of the mistake we made in the church is we just we talk about all these things you have to do and all the don'ts and and then we make God out to be this kind of uh, OCD, you know, school marm or, or prison guard or something. Yeah. And and um, George McDonald says he doesn't do anything as a judge. He wouldn't do as a father. Right. What That's if the judge, judge was really on your side? You know, what if he yeah. really was a father? You're in his pocket. Uh, you're, it, it, it was, the whole the whole thing was rigged from the beginning, you know. Yeah. I mean, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit conspired to to keep you and to save you and to and to to uh, complete you, you know, from the from the foundation of the world. So, you know that the reason you don't do the bad things is because they have bad consequences and That's they hurt true. they hurt other people. So there's that. And then why do evangelism? Because why do you tell, if you get, if, if you discover a new product or a new food or a new something, don't you just want to tell people about it because it's, it's better for them. You know, it's yeah, just, yeah. it's just a natural like thing. Like a new song. Like a new yeah. song you, know, you hear and you, you just want to share it with people. And so there's that. The problem is we, we mixed up evangelism with approval with God. Right. And yeah. so we, we set a bar that we could never reach. And then we either like give up and feel guilty about that. Or we try to go get more notches on our belts and, you know, have bigger and bigger meetings so we can go back and talk about things and get more and more money to do bigger meetings and all that. We have a whole industry built around that, you know, but what if evangelism was just being loving to people and doing practical things, you know, like feeding people, and uh, visiting them, you know, uh, somebody was talking the other day about, I'm trying to remember who it was now, but they were just talking about the power of a hug. Oh, it was one of Baxter's classes, and we were talking about how Paul Young loves to just go and hug people, you know? Yeah, yeah. And, we, and we've seen so many miracles happen. Just He didn't say anything. He just went and hugged someone, you know? And... Um, you know, he was a safe person that hugged someone. I remember going on a, a missions trip with John 
sometimes you feel, I don't know about you, but when I go on mission trips, sometimes you just feel so inadequate when you look at the need, right? Nice. And so you have to tune into something else. Why am I here? I'm, I'm not here for something big. I'm here for the few people that I can really connect with and really maybe demonstrate the love of God to, right? So I, I remember going with John we, to uh, this, uh, uh, I mean, the sound, you know, you have to put this in the right context. It sounds like, oh, look at what we did or something like that. But one of the things I love about John is he connects with the people who are doing the real work out there, you know, and we yeah. connect, we connected with this lady in Indonesia who ministers to the leper colonies. And she asked, you know, him to come and bring a team. And when I say the real work, I mean the work that nobody's getting credit for. You know what I mean? Yeah. It's not, not building their ministry. It's not doing, it's just, they're just doing it every day. So when we went there, we went with this lady and everybody in the leper colony knew her. Nobody over here will ever know who she is, but she goes and loves on those people every day. Come and on. we got, and we got to be there and feed people for a, you know, two or three days, practical needs. Right. And there was one lady who's probably in her sixties. This was maybe 10 years ago. We did this and we just kind of gave her, a, you know, you know, you just hug everybody. Right. And you're not supposed to hug the lepers, but you know, you figure, Hey, I'm all, I'm all the way here. You're hammered. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. It feels feels like the right thing to do in that circumstance. Anyway, so she was she was kind of weeping and, and we were like, we had a translator and we're like, um, you know, what's going on? You know, we just gave her, you know, we just what's her story? Well, she she was dropped off there when she was like four years old, five years old, and literally nobody has come to visit her. Her wow. family just forgot about her. Yeah. And, and nobody hugs her ever. You know what I'm saying? So yeah. what's it, what's it worth for that moment? Right. What's it worth? That's those moments are why you go and do missions and you do evangelism or you do whatever, or those moments where you get, to enter, you get to display the love of God just a little bit. Not like you're, doing some grand thing that you know whatever it's just uh there are people who have practical needs and very few people ever go and um, and minister to them in that way so the reason you do it is hopefully out of an overflow and not out yeah. of an out of an obligation right well that's that's been the shift for me and i and i've seen it so many times with those that get this message and it's so funny how the accusation comes that you know Oh man, you're going to lose your motivation. You're just going to become lazy. If if there's no fear, if there's no striving, you know, that, uh, no that guilt. I, <laughs> yeah, I've just seen the opposite, man. Um, when you feel loved unconditionally and for those that really tap into this reality that, you know, at the cross, he wasn't paying off an angry God, but he was expressing the infinite love of God for us. That's unconditional. And, all of a yeah, sudden yeah. we're empowered, you know, we're so empowered. And 
and maybe we don't do as huge of uh you know there's not as much uh, platform building and stuff because you kind of lost the insecurity that needs that you know but yeah. but i've just seen guys just like yourself and and so many others that are man you just you actually your heart is full and you're able to overflow and and uh, yeah it's so good when, when fear is removed who knew maybe love was enough you know <laughs> yeah, maybe love was what was supposed to build this kingdom you know and maybe we didn't yeah. need to add obligation and guilt and the shame yeah. and all other things i mean i'm grateful i'm grateful for all the evangelism i'm grateful for people who do stadium events and all of that yeah and absolutely there, there you can do that from heart of love yeah you could yeah you, you can do that and and you can you know there are people who will come to that that you know, some of us will never encounter wherever. So it's all good. God uses it all, you know, yes. but, but sometimes things do take on a life of their own, you know, and they, they're, they begin to kind of, I don't know, become something other than just yeah. about God. So anyway, but I, not, not to criticize anybody. I'm grateful for any light, you know, in yes. any gospel. Any lifting up of Jesus, any talk of His goodness, you know. I, I lately, lately, I'm so excited about some of the new music that's coming out that is, you know, is talking about the Trinity in a yes. fresh way, and talking about the goodness of God and and how accepted and the beloved we are. I mean, often we get more theology sometimes from music than anything else, you know. So so I true, agree. bro. Exciting. I really agree with that because music is one of the things, you know, I could be just dancing in the living room, really. Music <laughs> yes. That's true. <laughs> you release some videos of that, Eileen, you know. <laughs> Don't get some music started. videos. Yeah, we want to see that. <laughs> <laughs> We're getting dancing. requests. <laughs> dancing, on the, dancing on the table sometimes, yeah. 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 About that. The divine dance. <laughs> Let me ask you a couple more questions here with the time that we've got. Um, you know, there's there's so many responses that come when you start to preach this message. And so people say, but what about, you know, this or what about? And, uh, you know, one of the things we, we often hear is, uh, so if we are complete, if Jesus did a completed work and we start to see ourselves as, you know, holy and blameless it will that not produce like a cockiness or does that produce like a self-confidence or an inability to grow or a lack of teachability um what would you say to that like people feel like oh i'm so complete um then how then does that manifest in a um you know do you get what i'm saying kind of the question there yeah yeah it's it's well again it's it's viewing it through a framework where you're in charge of your completeness right and you're in charge of your acceptance and all that and yeah. yes you do willingly participate in a loving relationship otherwise it's not love if if it's control it's not love right so yes wow. you still willingly participate like we're not turned into robots in other words no no we yeah. have union but we Praise have God. Yeah, we have union distinction. I love how you talk about that. Union yeah. with distinction. So good. Yeah, so we're we're we totally belong, but we do completely matter. So you 
if you're getting cocky in the love of God, then <laughs> you're you kind of you you give yourself some time, you know, because that's not what it's about. Because the what we can what we consider pride is Paul says comparing themselves among themselves, they became unwise. So when we're trying to compare ourselves, we can always find somebody above us to make us feel guilty. We can find somebody mm. below us to make us feel oh. pride. But Paul said Christ is all in all, right? There's there's really it's it's all in the same family. Do you want your kids to feel uh, proud that they're not one of your other children? Does, you know that doesn't make you feel good, right? Sure. And if, yeah, it's good. And do you want them to feel confident in love and in your love, or do you do you want them to feel like they got something to prove? You know what I'm saying? So, so a lot of these, the answers to a lot of these questions are when we look at how that would apply to a marriage relationship or a family relationship, a father, children, because uh, does it survive the, the goal of, of, of um, relationship? Because religion and politics give you a way to feel pride or shame. That's what they have to offer. Well, relationship with God has, can offer you love where <laughs> you, you, you are secure in your love and you can live out of a well. Uh, Jesus told the woman at the well inside of you is a spring of living water that satisfies religion and politics. Want you to compare to something outside of you to feel good. And uh, often manipulate you for their own purposes to build their own kingdoms. But the only thing you need in, to build the kingdom of God is, are you filled with his love? And his love, doesn't, his love has a goal of its own, which is, it's just love. It doesn't have a, a, an angle. It doesn't have an agenda. It doesn't keep a record of wrongs. It's long suffering, all those good things that it talks about. So a lot of our questions come because we're still in the mindset of religion and the old way of thinking. It's finished because Jesus said it was finished. And uh, we can argue with that. I certainly did yeah. for many years. Uh, right. But there's not, not a lot of satisfaction in that, right? It's kind of like with your kids. If, you, if they're having an argument uh, and you say, the arguments over and you talk them all through it and you calm them all down and all of that. Um, and they want to bring it up again, you know, like sometimes you just have to give them enough time to work that out. Right. And see that that's, that's not fun. It's more fun that we're, we're, we're reconciled and we're, we're playing together and everything else. Right. And yeah. so uh, God, God will give us all the time we need to figure out, that it was finished all along, that you're accepting the beloved, that there is therefore now no condemnation to those who are in Christ, that even the law which stood opposed to us was nailed above him on the cross. It, you know, that you're, if you, you were an outsider, but you've been grafted in, that you felt like a slave, but you're a son. You just sometimes you need to read the Bible like a scrapbook of metaphors. What do you need? What do you need today to feel uh, what you should feel, which is, I'm in, I'm in, I'm in, right? I'm loved, it's over, it's finished. So yeah, if you're still asking that question, then you're not understanding. I'm, I'm not saying 
shame somebody for asking that question. But if you're still asking that question, then you're still viewing it through an unhealthy lens, which is I'm, I've got to prove something. And I've, I've seen so many young people, they can pull that off for a while, a couple of years, you know, but I'm, I meet them on the other side many times after they burn out, you know what I'm saying? And they've tried to keep that performance up. They've tried to fast their way into intimacy with God and all this stuff. And um, whatever, whatever the angle is, and there's always an angle that somebody will exploit to get you to do something to build their thing, you know, but, but when you, when you get to the other side of that, you can't maintain that kind of intensity because it doesn't have that living water uh, yeah. fueling it. That's the fuel right there. It doesn't come from you. It comes from him. Right. And I'm still learning all this. I'm not saying I got this wired by any, anything, but you know, my better days, I tune into that. Right. And, uh, you and flow and with it, that river, flow with that river because uh, it's not, um, you know, see, perfection is is a is a fake idea. You know, like the the Jewish idea of perfection was telos brought to the desired ends, where we get telegraph, and telephone, and telecommunications, and all that. So telos means it's perfect for its desired purpose. So, like a tree, if you look at a tree, it may not be perfectly symmetrical. It may be missing some limbs. It may have squirrels eating half the pine cones, whatever but it's perfect in its environment. It's cleaning the air. It's, it's, you know, growing away from other trees. So they, everybody gets sunlight. It's feeding. It's, it's, it's complete. It's not absence of defects. That's perfection. Perfection is, are you living the way that you were designed to live and performing the function? And, and, that's so you know, good. There's a lot of slack in that from God, you know, that we would consider slack from God's perspective, right? Yeah, we've thought like, of perfection again in that list thing, you know, checking off all the boxes and stuff, you right. know. Yeah. But I love I love how you bring every you in even through this talk, you keep bringing it back to family, the picture of fam, you know, of, of just father, son, relationship, of family relationships and uh I found it too, you know, a, a lot of even like when in, in our walk in grace, it, it can still be a little bit like the prodigal son, um, you know, and I, and I think you were kind of alluding to this, but what I've found so many times is when people get liberated from fear and they realize they're unconditionally loved, at first they can be a bit like the prodigal son who was raised in the father's house, yeah. you know, and, and they're like, wow, I'm not motivated by fear anymore. Like I'm going to go buck wild a little bit, you know. I'm going to, you know, experiment a little. And uh, I think we find that in, in like you said, children and teenage years, that all of us kind of do that in natural life. But I found that so often in, in the grace walk experience as well. It's like, you know, we get a little cocky. We get a little, you know, we're like, wow, there's no lack, you know. And, and uh, but then um, the father gives us that freedom. And we kind of make some mistakes. We get overconfident. We, we, we're not afraid anymore. So we make some choices that maybe we wouldn't have before. And I think that's a lot of times when we can be tempted or others can be tempted to, to push people back into law or to, to go yeah. back to that safety net of fear that kept us performing. 
But the father just, you know, says, wait a little bit, wait, wait, he'll get the revelation, you know, he'll realize, and all of a sudden we return because we realize there's nothing better and, yeah. and grace kind of has its perfect work in us. And we realize, wow, now what I, what I want to do with my, this gift, what I want to do with this love is love, you know? Yeah. And, and I, yeah. I've seen that so often. And I think when we think of it in those family terms and just growth term, you know, like John says, uh, young men, you know, fathers, and it addresses the different stages of the growth there, you know, and I, I see that within grace. It's in a, I love it within that kind of family context and that father-son context. Yeah. yeah. If your kids don't walk, they don't park perfect when they start to try to walk, but you don't give up on them, you know, because they fall down, they just keep after it. Right. And, and they still are perfect, even though they're making those yeah. mistakes. You'd still yeah. say, what a perfect little dude, you know. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. little girl. They're, they're perfect for where they are. And we yeah. all think we're we all think we're so mature at times. You know, sometimes <laughs> I when I'm talking about this stuff, I think good grief, Rod, you know, you you're you're still figuring this out, you know. It's like you, you can't pontificate too much, you know what I mean? We're all figuring it out. But it it's like um we 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 see people, they, they get to a point because they, they've had all the rules in an unhealthy way put on them, right? And so when you realize, okay, it's not about that, you, you haven't quite gotten anchored in, well, it's, but it's love. Like, you don't do that because that hurts somebody else, right? And uh, year, years ago, we had... Uh, um, I'll be very vague about this, but anyway, there was someone who was, who was, uh, had a lot of relationships, all right, with young women. And, uh, and, uh, he, uh, supposedly changed and he was in a group of ours and then he went away for a while and it was well known that he was having other relationships and he came, and he wanted to come back. And I said, well, wait, you know, and he was kind of going after some of our young ladies in our group. And I'm so like, wait a minute, we got to have a conversation about this, you know? And so he was quite offended, but, but it really came down to this. I said, I said, what do you really want? You know, he goes, well, I want, you know, I want a family. And I go, well, dude, do you realize every time you start up a relationship with someone and you start up for the wrong reasons, and then you have to terminate that relationship you harden your heart, dude. And you're actually making it more difficult for you to have the very thing you want, which is a real marriage relationship. Right. Yeah. And so, so often people don't, don't see that. Yeah. You can, you know, you can forget the rules or whatever, but some of them are actually good. You know, they're there for a reason. I mean, our society is discovering some of that right now, you know, like um, <laughs> yeah. a few rules are helpful, you know, right. But, um, but yeah. uh, so, so people go through that phase and sometimes they'll come back around. Right. Also when people, people have heard distance with God for so long, you know, separation and God was really mad at you. And, you know, Jesus had to, you know, be killed in order to be okay. All that stuff. When they get, Okay, that's not what it was about. They um, they go well. 
you know, if Christ is in me and he's in everybody, then everybody's God, you know, everybody's Christ. And, you know, <laughs> yes. I, I yeah, really misconception. Yeah. yeah, I don't really matter. So that's why I really like to hammer the union with distinction because, yeah, dude, you still matter. Yeah. You still are a person. He made you for a reason. You have value. It's not all the same, you know, and and so it and your sometimes it doesn't still matter. Yeah. Yeah. The, your mission in life and just the things that you do with your time still matter. And, and uh, I think people get concerned about that and they have seen, we have seen some go off the rails with it. And, you know, just, we're just absorbed into this universal consciousness and we can do no wrong kind of thing. And, yeah. uh, but you know, one of the things that's really helped me and I've been using this analogy recently is just like kind of picturing it like a, like a, like a vessel, like, you know, we've been given this amazing sailing vessel or we've been given this, you know, this, this flawless and complete vessel. And now we get to sail it and, and we get to have adventures and those adventures matter. And those things have meaning and we, they're intimate experiences where as so often in the church, we've seen kind of our vessel is always, you know, in port for continual repair. We're always working on it. We're trying to make it better and we can't really have adventures or if we do, we're a leaky vessel that's always kind of sinking. And, and so yeah. I think, you know, to me, the finished work empowers uh, our, our adventures to matter. And it, it, it empowers us to have meaningful adventures from a place of I'm, I'm able to love, I'm able to serve without always having to look back and try to fix myself or, you know, yeah. and so, yeah, but like you said, we're not just, you know, robots. It's not a robot ship that's been created. You know, we still get to sail it with the Lord, you know, and have these experiences and catch the winds of the spirit and, and yeah. uh, participation, you know, it, it's uh, like, we don't want to minimize any, sometimes people have legitimate complaints about when they see some of our friends spin out or whatever, you know, and so we don't, we don't want to minimize. Sometimes they're observing real issues, but there's those re same real issues are, are within the traditional church too. It's just, well, it's just, thing, it gets yeah, comfortable exactly. you know? but, yeah. but, but you're right. It comes back to this thing of participation, like a loving relationship requires willing participation by both parties, right? A marriage requires participation by both parties to be good, you know, and to be enjoyable. And so you're participating with God, but you're not changing God's mind. He's changing yours, right? You're not convincing him of stuff that he should do. He's, he's prepared good works in advance for you to do. Yeah. And so you, you, you look for the steps on the dance floor that he's already put out for you, you know, and you look for those little clues. That's and, it, man. You know, and, prepared in advance, you know, that Ephesians 2.10 reality there. That, yeah. Beautiful. Yeah. See that, that when I was a fundamentalist, they made us memorize that and it yeah. stuck. Didn't understand what it meant a lot of the time. Right, you know right. Yeah. But, but it's good. It's good. You know, this, I mean, while we're on the subject, sometimes people say, well, I don't have to read the Bible anymore because, you know, right. it's all finished and all that. But you don't read it because you have to. You read it because you get to, you know, and, wow. and there's there's wisdom in there. And like that verse is is gold to me now. I used to hate it because I always felt condemned when I, you know, well, what am I doing? Whatever, you know, but but uh, there's so much rich stuff in the Bible. I can't reconcile all the things that 
people have questions about. I don't even try anymore. Likewise. I, I'm, I'm not saying I'm not saying they're like it's not Bible or whatever, but I I mean we we spend a lot of time in you know Colossians and Ephesians and John and uh, uh, let's let's John. get we, foundations at least yeah exactly <laughs> exactly when I when I get that down I'll go back and try to sort out some of the Old Testament stuff you know but uh, it, it's, when it's, when it's, is your um, full length commentary on Revelation going to come out? <laughs> <laughs> with, with all the maps and yeah. uh, like the, the diagram, like don't, hold, don't hold your breath for that one, Matt. <laughs> I, do, I do have a few things I've been working on for about ten years. That we might might actually ship one of these days, but but well, you uh, know, actually, that we're we're running out of time here. I only got a couple minutes, sure. but that might be a, a good segue. Are you guys? What are you guys up to? What 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 can we connect with? Um, you got books you're writing. What's uh, what's what's coming down the pipe from Rod and Eileen here? <laughs> well, we're, uh, we're I'd be wrong. We're working on some some online online Your dance courses. videos are coming out, Eileen. Okay. Yeah. Jazzercise. Yeah. Jazzercise. Now we're doing some online uh, sort of pastoral theology kind of uh, courses on union. You know, and the finish and distinction, much needed things that we've been talking about, and uh, and how what we believe affects how we live. You know, and um, so we're working on that, and we're you know we we do things with uh, with John and um, and Baxter and um, some other friends. Uh, we may be over for Godfrey's deal in Cornwall this summer. I'm not sure yet. Oh, that sounds super um, fun. Yeah, yeah but we'll see people around here. We're going to do an actual tour uh, <laughs> late, probably the second half of this year. We, we're we're doing a, a van a conversion like you did your bus, I oh, guess. Oh, no way, dude. The van life. Yeah. So yeah. we're going to we're going to visit a lot of the places we never got around to, you know, in the middle of nowhere that we, oh, yeah. we, we have friends and um so we're looking forward to that, and um, so, good. so we're we're excited, and um, you know, we I, I enjoy participating in some of the things that you're doing online with the different yeah, leaders. Yeah. yeah, what a sweet group! You know, there's I, I you should encourage people. You know, there's people all over the world who are tuning into this. No, you know? exactly. That that's what we've been talking about too in some of these sessions. Is like it's just it's happening all over the place. And if you feel like you're crazy or you're the only one, uh, you're not and, uh, reach out. We might know friends that are nearby you or, or just there, we have different ways to connect. So, but Hey, um, we're running out of time cause we're actually going to do our, uh, a little prayer gathering here. Um, please, after this starts at 10. So, um, 10 Eastern, which, you know, I think it's only what seven o'clock ish there. Yeah. Um, but thank you guys so much for joining. Really appreciate you. Good to see your faces. Yeah. Can I just quickly ask him where where the we'll be knowing about this information? Are you gonna post it on Canosconia group uh, or yeah, we'll, on we'll new post, line or yeah, we'll post it around so that post it around uh, or I'll the, find all the, it. All the usual <laughs> I'm interested suspects for will sure. find it. <laughs> 
And Sounds I just good. personally wanted to thank you before we go because I really uh, appreciate everything you've done for me personally. Um, I just speak for myself yay. and just different over the years, me falling into striving and every now and then I'll get a message. Da, 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 get back in here, come back in. You're in, it's okay. And just Amen. I feel like this is my family. You are my family. You understand. So yay. it's been quite a journey. <laughs> Amen. <laughs> so much goodness going on. Well, so thanks, much thanks again, guys. Um, if yeah. anybody wants to hop into our prayer session, we'll go to prayerparties.org. You can find that. You can always find Rod and Eileen on Facebook and uh, you know, all, all across the world. You never know where they're gonna show up. So <laughs> all right. Thanks, Matt. Yep. Yeah, we'll talk Rod. to you soon. Blessings, everybody. Thanks again. Blessings. Blessings. Bye bye. Hey, thanks so much for tuning in to the Firehouse Chronicles with Matt and Katie Spinks. Check out all of the events and other grace and glory resources we've been inspired to host at thefirehouseprojects.com. There's so much brewing right now. Also, Matt and Katie do ministry full-time with the support of partners like you. So if you're blessed by our ministry, would you consider becoming a monthly partner or making a one-time donation at thefirehouseprojects.com slash donate. The more partnership we have, the more resources and nations we get to reach with this glorious good news. So thank you so much. Cheers, deep drinks, and until next time.